Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here riding solo on a Wednesday. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter show today, but I am here just at the conclusion of Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The Lakers, unfortunately, went ahead and won that game and now lead 3-1 in the Finals. And it looks like they're going to pick up another championship, which I, I don't think makes anyone happy that isn't a Lakers fan. I was really hoping the Heat were going to be able to get back into that series. Again, it just shows you the impact that injuries can have. Bam Adebayo did come back and play in this game, but Goran Dragic did not. And Bucks fans and the listeners to this podcast know firsthand the impact that Goran Dragic has had on that Heat team, particularly in the bubble. He's just been an absolute monster for them. And again, it just goes... It tells the story of how injuries can change the course of a series. I know that there's a lot of talk out there that, listen, Miami were winning anyway. They were, uh, sorry, the Lakers were winning anyway. They had the lead early in game one when Dragic went down, but it doesn't matter. We've seen some funny results in game one in every year in the postseason, particularly here in the bubble. So the fact that the Lakers had an early lead in game one, I don't really care. That doesn't mean that this wouldn't have been a series. I thought that Miami could have really taking it up to the Lakers. And I think, for the most part, what we've seen sort of shows that. I mean, they've been competitive even without their main playmaker, their main point guard in Goran Dragic, who, again, uh, averaging over 20 points per game in the bubble and, and really killed the Bucks as well. I think his craftiness, his ability to create his own shot, shoot those little floaters, those little mid-rangers, it would have been huge for this team. And, and they've just struggled as the Lakers' defense has suffocated them a little bit throughout this series so far. But we've got some news on Darvin Ham that we're going to touch on in this podcast. Uh, also, just some cap-related stuff. Larry Sanders, got to bring up Larry Sanders. He's been all over Twitter over the last uh, few days here. We're going to have a bit of a laugh about that. So we'll touch on a few things here. Before we do, I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. I'm actually starving right now as I'm doing this podcast. So I could probably do with a built bar it is the new and improved version with 18 amazing flavors six new flavors that include cookies and cream carrot cake apple almond crisp and they have the 12 original flavors that include coconut almond raspberry german chocolate peanut butter banana bread mint brownie salted caramel i could probably keep going these bars are great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate soft and easy to chew they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and you guys know the deal that we have for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So I mentioned right off the top the Lakers won this game tonight, which may have piqued the interest of our old friend Larry Sanders, who has been on Twitter the last uh, few uh, weeks here, uh, tweeting out, 
uh, his thoughts about how he could potentially guard Anthony Davis. Now, don't get me started on this. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, but it's been keeping me highly entertained. First, he tweeted, Dear Miami Heat, I can guard Anthony Davis, dot, dot, dot. See you this summer. A few days later, uh, he tweeted out a, a similar thing. He said, uh, hey, Miami Heat, I'm training twice a day. Just give me the word. And then a few days after that, he said, hey, Giannis, tagged him in it. I heard there might be a spot open. Okay, first of all, we've spent the last few weeks in this podcast talking about how there is literally zero spots open on the Bucks roster. Robin Lopez is probably going to opt into his contract. There's no room for you, Larry Sanders. And by the way, they're still paying you $1.9 million this year and you haven't played a game for the Bucks for a long, long time. All the way back in 2014-15 was the last time you played and the Bucks are still paying you with that buyout that they were able to stretch out over multiple years. So uh, Larry Sanders clearly uh, thinks that he could still uh, get a game for the Bucks and maybe have an impact in the NBA. My feeling is he might be, uh, he might be just a little bit delusional there. Sanders, one of my favorites from back in the day, and unfor- it was unfortunate the way it worked out. I remember in the 2016-17 season, which is actually kind of crazy to think that it was that long ago when Larry Sanders was back in the NBA uh, playing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it was a, a very fleeting NBA return. He only took part in five games from the 14th of March 2017 to the 10th of April 2017 to finish off the season. He barely actually got on the court, uh, but he did play uh, five games for the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and never was really able to to have an impact. He is... 31 years old now, uh, Larry. So any chance of a, of a legitimate return seems very, very, very unlikely. I know I do follow him on Instagram and he's been hanging out down in Florida for a while there. I haven't seen too much work on court, but I know he was playing in the big three, I believe as well. He was involved in that. So Larry Sanders, I think, will always be a polarizing figure for Bucks fans. Some fans would love to have him back. And we'll always love him and always have that soft spot for him. And then there will be other fans that will, uh, let's just say, always hold a bit of a grudge for the way that things panned out. And uh, even if it was uh, you know, mental health and things out, outside uh, of his ability to control, the fact that he did leave that contract without playing a game, has certainly it's restricted the Bucks in, in a way. I mean, $1.9 million isn't a lot. But when you are a Bucks team that is uh, working the edges right now, trying to build a contender, having the $1.9 million for Larry Sanders on the books, along with $3.2 million for John Lua, which was a part of the deal, if you remember, to get Tony Snell off the books and trade his $10 million contract that he's still getting paid from the Detroit Pistons as well. Uh, that was how they were able to uh, make that move with the Pistons and send yet another Bucks player over to... Detroit, Larry Sanders, tweet at me or at Lockdown Bucks on Twitter, your favorite Larry Sanders moments. Probably his best season back in 2012, 2013, averaged 9.8 points, 9.5 rebounds and 2.8 blocks in 71 games, started 55 of those 27 minutes. He was having a real impact in that season and things really went down. Only played 23 games in 2014, 27 in 2015 and then was out. But he did provide us with an all-time gift, the three thumbs up to the officials. And for that, we will always be thankful for Larry Sanders. And uh, again, I think just a little more 
uh, humor than anything. But while we are speaking about the cap, I thought it was a good opportunity just to run through some of these numbers that we have discussed, but it's been a little bit all over the place as far as the podcast has gone. As far as the salary cap goes, again, we don't know where it is going to be next season. I think the most likely scenario is that it stays around the same as what it was uh, for this season. But $116 million guaranteed for next season. Chris Milton, $33 million. Giannis, $27. Bledsoe, 16 Brooke, 12 George Hill with his nine. Uh, and then Ersan with the $7 million non-guaranteed, which, you know, we've spoke about this. And this is the interesting thing about Ersan. I, I think that it's difficult because that salary is one that you could trade away and it could be it could help to match some salaries that the Bucks might be looking to complete a trade for. But if you if you guarantee that contract and then you don't execute a trade, uh, then then you're stuck with Ursan and seven million dollars. Remembering that if you if you non-guarantee that contract, then Ursan, you can't trade him. So that's what becomes difficult when we talk about all these trade machine scenarios and different options for what the Bucks can do in the offseason with Ersan. Uh, if you include him, you're basically saying, yes, the Bucks are going to guarantee that contract. So uh, that will be interesting to watch there. DJ Wilson, $4.5 million. Dante DiVincenzo with his $3 million. And uh, Thanasis, the guaranteed contract. Uh, again, uh, getting us through to when Giannis uh, could potentially become a free agent. No surprise there. The player option, Robin Lopez, $5 million for next season and Wesley Matthews, 2.7. We spoke about Wesley Matthews a little bit on yesterday's podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that one with Frank and Robin, I think we have basically come to agreement, I, I think, Frank and myself, that Robin is probably opting into that. I, I don't think that there's a deal out there for him where he'll get paid more than that. So I think Robin Lopez will be back. I think we saw the longer the season went that it was going to be more difficult pending a specific matchup, potentially against Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, potentially in the Lakers if the Bucs were able to get to the NBA Finals. But outside of that, I think the, the Bucks' best lineups included smaller guys. So when they brought in Marvin Williams, he uh, played at the four. Giannis could go to the five. And Robin Lopez sort of become null and void. He had some real struggles against Nikola Vucevic uh, in the first round, although uh, you could argue that he wasn't alone there. Uh, the dead money, the $5.1 million that I already spoke about with John Lua and Larry Sanders, takes us to a total of $128 million next season. And then you have the cap holds of Sterling Brown, Pat Connaughton, and Kyle Korver uh, that we've also uh, spoke about there. And then a first round pick, potentially uh, $2.2 million for the 24th pick in the draft. So it just gives you an idea while we wait to see where the Bucks will be. Uh, it does just point out to you the reasons why it's almost poss- impossible for the Bucks to maneuver these guys, particularly with uh, very little in the way of trade assets. And I do want to mention our old friend and listener of the podcast for a long, long, long time, well before I was around, uh, Old Resorter, who did tweet out overnight uh, as I was sleeping over here in Australia about Brook Lopez. And we've spoke about him a little bit over the last few weeks here, I'm one that uh, doesn't necessarily want to trade 
Brook Lopez because uh, I love him being around. Obviously, he's been the anchor of the of the number one ranked defense. I can see that when you have him on the floor, clearly it limits some of the things that you're able to do. We've spoke about the ability to post him up and how that can diversify the offense, but at the same time, it's 2020. How much posting up are we doing here with a guy that uh, a guy like Lopez, as big as he is? So Old Resorter says, uh, Frank knows I wanted to sell high. Larry Sanders, the sum of the bucks extended him. Uh, feel the same vibrations from Brook. In my opinion, he's hit his high water point. Drop zone is gimmicky. His three-point percentage game is shaky. He's aging and is uh, the only non slash uh, yeah, sorry, the only non Yana slash Chris asset who might get a decent guard. And I think the last point is the one that I really want to lock in on. And, and that's kind of where I've got to when it comes to Brooke Lopez. I, I love Brooke Lopez. I think if you bring Brooke Lopez back, you guarantee that you're going to be a really strong team next year just by, by virtue of being able to play that defense which is going to allow you to beat, again, you know, 20, maybe 22 of the teams in the NBA. Uh, how does it go in the postseason? You know, I, I'm not 100% sure. The, the results are kind of, well, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, uh, based on what we've seen in the last couple of years. But he's such a good influence in the locker room. Uh, his ability to shoot threes did come back a little bit in the postseason. So you have to ask the question with Brooke, is what we saw during the regular season the outlier? Or is this going to be a trend of Brook Lopez now as he gets older, perhaps the three-point shot dropping off? Remember, the three years before that, this was a guy that was up around 35 36% consistently. This season in the regular season, he was below 30 which is awful. And you can't simply, you, you just don't want a guy that's shooting below 30% playing such a key role, such a vital role. And in a lot of respects, I think his struggles from the outside were a big reason of why they brought him inside. So long story short, the last point that Old Resorter makes here, that not only is he aging, but he's the only non-Yanis Chris Asset who might get a decent guard. I kind of of agree with that. I mean, he's a well-respected veteran around the league. Clearly, I think... You know, Chris Milton clearly came on and he had a, a pretty damn good series against Miami, although he had his ups and downs still. I thought if you put the whole bubble experience together, if you look at that in totality, I think Brooke Lopez was the most consistent player on the Bucks. Right from the seeding games. Remember when the Bucks couldn't win a game in the seeding games, Brooke Lopez was the guy that was putting up 20 points a night, shooting well from three, uh, high percentage on, on his two. So I, I do think that I agree with Old Resorter. I think he's got value around the league. I think his $12 million contract, again, is a nice one to be able to throw in on a trade deal. We spoke about the 24th pick yesterday and whether or not that has huge value, I'm not 100% sure. But if you package that with a couple of guys that are able to contribute, particularly maybe to a fringe playoff team, like Brook Lopez is going to make your team better. So... There is something to be said for the Bucs if they were looking to make a move this year that Brooke Lopez would be their best opportunity um, you know, with an Eric Bledsoe, but potentially to attach value to Bledsoe to a team that may be hesitant based on what we've seen in the postseason from uh, Eric. And, and you know, we, we don't know uh, what way that is going to play out as far as trades go. But I just wanted to mention that point uh, from old 
resorter. And then uh, following up, Galen Perkins. So this is on the at Locked On Bucks account. Remember, if you send your comments through, uh, we'll definitely talk about them on the pod. But uh, Galen uh, said, I'd like to keep him. I think he's legit good defensively, boost team rebounding. But in the playoffs, it feels like Bud is wasting him if he's just serving as a floor spacer every possession. Behind the arc, he can't bully a smaller center or box out for GA to get an offensive rebound. Yeah, I mean, this was the problem for the Bucs against Miami. They they just simply weren't able to get on the offensive glass. And it was Bam, and it was Jimmy, and it was Jay Crowder. And every time the Bucs got a, a critical stop, it felt like, it felt like Miami were able to get that offensive rebound. Now, no Giannis clearly late in the series uh, hurt that. But the point stands. The point really stands from that tweet as well because he is legit good defensively and he does make this team better. But I guess the question for this Bucks team now is, do we really care about them winning games in the regular season? Like, do I care about the Bucks being the number one seed next year? Or do I want to go into a postseason feeling like there's more guards, more guys that can create their own shot, more guys that can score in the half court when defenses are zoning in on Giannis? Who is going to make life easier for Giannis? I, I think that's the question you have to ask. And I, I'm just not sure offensively whether Brooke is a guy that can really make it easier for Giannis offensively to do things. I'm not 100% sure about that. Obviously, there has to be a little bit of fear of, well, what do you lose when you move on from Brooke? I I think that's legit as well. I I think that's absolutely real because he's been such a staple for this team, giving you 30 minutes of elite rim protection, elite, top five in the NBA, top three in the NBA rim protection with Brooke Lopez. So that's the fear you have there. Uh, Before I move on to some Darvin Ham stuff, I will talk about our show sponsor, Roman, because talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. It's a fact. We know that. It's not easy to talk about this, but with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you within. Uh, will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. As I spit that out, the whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/slash/locked-on-nba today. If approved, you'll get fifteen dollars off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com/slash/locked-on-nba. Getroman.com/slash/locked-on-nba. So the last thing I wanted to talk about on today's show is about the assistant coaches with the Bucs. And we've brought this up a little bit. I know I was talking with Justin about this the other day and we kind of spoke about the fact that it looks like potentially none of the Bucs assistant coaches were going to get another look in at a head coaching role. We spoke about Charles Lee, obviously being mentioned in some of the reports, Darvin Ham clearly as the lead assistant with the Bucks, looks like uh, a guy that was going to be in the mix. We know last year, obviously, Taylor Jenkins went to Memphis and Darwin was in the mix going back there. Again, if you missed the conversation I had with Darwin Ham, this is going way back to the hiatus, so you'll have to, you'll have to go back a little bit in the archives to find that one. But Darwin spoke about wanting to be a head coach, spoke about his relationship with Bud, uh, how thankful 
or how happy he was for Taylor to get the job with the Grizzlies. But the reports came out this morning that he is getting an interview with the Clippers or he has been interviewed by the Clippers by the time you are listening to this. So Darvin Ham, I would have to say he would be a huge outsider to get the job with the Clippers. I, I don't think that he's going to get that job. My reason would be basically the Clippers are in a do or die situation with uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and also Paul George and their free agency coming up you know, really, really quickly here. And it's kind of the reason why when we've spoke about Bud is why I never thought that the Bucks would go with a untried, kind of a risky coaching hire because with the Giannis situation and being in contention, it puts you in a little more, it puts a little bit more hesitation in your mind about hiring a guy that's untried to come in and hopefully turn things around. Now, the reward is huge because if it pays off, then you're in a great spot. I think it is a little bit different to the Raptors scenario that gets brought about a lot because, I mean, the Raptors had four or five years longer of running it back with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, and it just wasn't working. They weren't getting anywhere. And not only did they trade um, coaches, not trade coaches, but swap coaches, Dwayne Casey for Nick Nurse, they also uh, made a trade for Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, there was a multiple factors there, even though Nick Nurse has proven out to be a sensational coach. So, Darvin Ham, what do we know about him X's and O's wise? Not a lot. He's been with Bud for a long time, clearly. He's got relationships around the, the league. He's played for some great coaches. George Gull, obviously, with the Bucks, Larry Brown with the Pistons, to name a few. And obviously, then uh, the, the system with, with Bud and, and Kenny Atkinson and, and a number of guys there. So he's certainly been around a lot of guys that have had, been a prominent coaching figures in the league. But outside of knowing that he's an absolute ripper bloke, and a guy that everyone that speaks to him or is around him absolutely loves. I'm not sure we know a lot about him as an X's and O's coach. So I don't think it's hard to know how he would go in that impact. Do I think that he would have great relationships with the players of the Clippers? Absolutely. He would go in there in the locker room. I think he would be able to bring the locker room together. And I just, I just flat out think he would be a great hire anywhere he goes for that reason. I guess that's the risk you take when you try an unknown coach. But for those reasons, I do still expect that the Clippers will probably go with Ty Lu or someone that has head coaching experience behind them. I've spoke about this fact before. Uh, not only would I love Darvin Ham to get a job because uh, he's been fantastic for the Bucs and he deserves his opportunity, it would also open up an assistant coach's role that we've spoke about that maybe it would be fun to get um, some different ideas, some different thoughts, a different brain, in the coaching group that has been uh, largely the same, not just with the Bucks, but uh, with Bud for an extended period of time. Again, uh, one other guy that I don't think is going to get a head coaching role that could potentially come could be Kenny Atkinson. We know he's a great development coach. We know he has the relationship with Bud. Uh, would they go down that path? I'm not so sure. But having someone on the assistant coaching in the assistant coaching ranks uh, with a bit more experience does seem it doesn't seem like a bad idea. We've seen it with the Clippers with Ty Lue and Doc Rivers. We've seen it uh, in other places with Mike Brown has obviously been with the Warriors in the past. So I, that, that would be a path I would go down. But Darvin Ham, one to watch moving forward with the Clippers as we, uh, as we wait to see whether he's going to get a coaching role. And just before I wrap this up, I saw a friend of mine, I saw her Instagram story and it had one year 
passed since. Well, I didn't know what the event was to be clear, but it was. Uh, she was in a Bucks jersey leaving Fiserv Forum, and. I was like, wow, I mean, I guess it's October. I guess this time a year ago, there was some sort of game on. And I looked it up and it was the scrimmage. The open scrimmage of Fiserv Forum was tonight as I'm recording it one year ago. The preseason started two days after that against the Bulls. The Bucks beat the Bulls. And then the home opener against the Rockets was a week after that. And we're sitting here still talking about the offseason that's going to come for the Bucks, the NBA finals that are on. It's just crazy to think about. And I started this job. I got the podcast. I took over um, from our uh, great friend, Eric Name, uh, in October. I think it was around October 13 or 14 last year. So we're coming up a year since I've been doing the podcast as well, which is crazy to think about. And the season's not even over. The season is not even over. And I've been doing this for a year. Uh, close to 300 episodes, I think we've done. We might have topped 300 now uh, since I took over as well. So just insane. A lot of talking. Too much talking about the Bucks. But it is crazy to think about the uh, the open scrimmage. What a lot of excitement there was about the Bucks at that point in time. And now, to fast forward a year, and we're all stressing out a little bit about what the Bucks can do to uh, not only keep Giannis, but remain a contender moving forward. Uh, more emails to come. Frank's going to be back. Justin will be back at some point. Other guests are going to be coming. We are in the off-season, so you guys know what I got up to. Uh, during the hiatus. I'm uh, sending emails and we're going to be getting some pretty cool guests on the podcast moving forward as well. But I said it's going to be a little bit shorter today and it is. Uh, maybe I did ramble on a little bit longer than I thought I would when I first started, but I'm going to leave it there for now. I will be back tomorrow. Stay safe out there and we'll speak to you guys then.